Hello, everybody. Welcome to JPD Weekly. I hope you are doing well. Uh, first off, apologies for my appearance. Usually I try to clean myself up a little bit more than this, at least put my hair back and put a uh, suit coat on. But I have been under the weather lately, and it's the weekend, and um, I haven't posted anything in a while because of lo a lot of different things going on, which I detailed in previous videos. But um, things, are, things are going well. Uh, I do want to just initially say thank you to everybody who who has supported us through Nathan's journey. Um, for those who aren't familiar, maybe you're just joining for the first time. For the past few years, my son has, uh, my very young son, he's eight now, but he's been dealing with cancer and remission, and now he's in, um, um, he's seeing a holistic health practitioner to cleanse his body from all the damage that the chemo did, which is actually really, really extensive. So, uh, the thing about that is it's not covered by insurance, of course, because it's real medicine and insurance doesn't have a stake in that apparently, but, uh, so we have to pay that out of pocket. Um, so we want to thank everybody who has helped support us, uh, not, not only through prayer and just general love and encouragement, but also financially. It's been a huge help. Um, for those, if you want to know how you can help, if you want to help Nathan, um, Best way to do it is uh, just look in the links in the description below. I believe there should be a PayPal address there. And actually, we, uh, Christina just put up a post on my Facebook. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to talk about real quick, too, why I haven't been on Facebook as much. But um, Christina posted something on my wall about all this. Uh, and I'll just read it because it gives all the information on how to donate if you want. But she wrote, Josh and I are so thankful for everyone over the years who has been there for us regarding Nathan. He is alive today because of all your generous support. Nathan now goes in for a holistic, completely natural and clean detox every week to undo the leftover damage done by the years of chemotherapy on the long road of recovery, which as you can imagine is very costly. Real holistic, all natural medicine tends to be. Insurance, of course, doesn't cover any of this, but like we tell Nathan, we refuse to put a price on his health. Nathan is getting better every day and loves his new natural health regimen. If you feel led to help us with Nathan's detox, we would be extremely grateful. The best way is either through PayPal or Cash App, and we also have a P.O. Box listed below, and of course, we value everyone's prayers. Thank you so much for helping keep our little guy around. Nathan loves you all. And then the PayPal link is paypal.me slash Josh Peck Disclosure. All one word. J-O-S-H-P-E-C-K-D-I-S-C-L-O-S-U-R-E. Uh, and then the cash app is the dollar sign Josh Scott Peck. All one word. J-O-S-H-S-C-O-T-T-P-E-C-K. And then our P.O. Box is Josh and Christina Peck. P.O. Box 396 Crane, Missouri 656. Three, three. Uh, the easiest way is through PayPal, but um, I just wanted to get that out of the way first, and I wanted to thank everybody who has helped and uh, who's kept us in prayer um, and uh, who's been able to help financially as well. Uh, um, also, Facebook. Um, those of you who follow me might have noticed I was on Facebook pretty much posting every day, and then I just stopped out of nowhere. A lot of that Okay, so we can probably all agree one of the most annoying things that people do on Facebook is when they say, oh, you know, they, they put on their last post, right? This is my last post because of all the bickering and all the fighting here on Facebook. You know, you're, you're all terrible, goodbye. And then they're back in a couple of months to just complain about it more. <laughs> 
well, I didn't want to do that. I didn't leave some big announcement uh, on it. Mainly, I'm going to be using Facebook just for ministry purposes, and I'm, I'm probably not even going to be posting that much, if at all. Um, I'm going to have uh, Christina um, post on my behalf, and then uh, probably uh, another good friend of mine that's going to be helping with Daily Renegade going forward. Um, so a lot of these inconsistencies and in videos and stuff should should smooth out over the course of the next couple weeks or so, or a few weeks, hopefully. So keep us in prayer about that. But mainly it was really for me, I, I don't like going uh, into things that are going to tempt me into some kind of sin, especially things that I'm vulnerable on. And one thing I'm, I'm vulnerable with is... Um, finding it easy to lose my sense of love for people when I'm annoyed by something that they post, you know, because when you look at a post, you're just seeing words. You're not seeing an actual human being. You're not thinking of it as like, as that you, 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 you almost get into this thing where you think of it as a competition or something. And I, I just, I can't stand that for me. Uh, so it's not because of things other people were doing. I mean, to a point it is. I, I, I just I also started to think how how effective am I being on Facebook? I cannot remember a single time on Facebook. Okay, so you know what we put up we put up a post and it's because we wanna either tell somebody about something or convince somebody about something. And usually for me I would I, I mainly was trying to tell people, look, we need to love each other more, you know. Um how important love is and how easy it is for us to fall into these bickering fits on social media. And even on that, I would get, I would get pushback. And I, I realized, you know, this is a really basic thing. I'm not changing anybody's mind here because I cannot, I can't remember a single time even on Facebook where I've heard where somebody said, you know, Josh, I, I thought this certain way about this certain theological issue or whatever. And because of your post, I've changed my mind. I've never, I've just never seen it. Now on YouTube that happens sometimes, not, not in the comments, but I'll get, um, I'll get emails from people saying, Hey, I watched this video and, and you know, you make a really good case. This is something I'm going to be looking into more. You know, I might be leaning in this direction now. So I still want to utilize rumble and YouTube and video things. But when it comes to text based stuff, that's not like a book, but just a free paragraph out there on, on Facebook, people don't really seem to value it. And they, they don't seem to have their minds changed by it. The people that agree with me are the people that already agreed with me anyway. And the people that disagree are the people that already disagreed with me anyway. The only difference is now they're both voicing their opinions as strongly as possible and it inspires a big clash and, and it's just Christians fighting against Christians. So um, I didn't like that. I didn't like how, how ineffective it seemed to be and how, if anything, it seemed to trigger in people more of that same sin that I'm worried about in myself, which is getting annoyed with people because they have a different opinion or because they're expressing their opinion in an annoying way, you know? Uh, and, and I, I want to remove myself from that as much as possible. Uh, those of you who know my backstory for a little while there, years and years ago, this was before I, I was in public ministry or anything, but uh, for a little while there, I was kind of an internet troll, and I would get sarcastic with people, and I'd I'd get mean and nasty, and and just a lot of the stuff that I see now, and I don't want to be tempted back into that. So I'm I'm not really going to be using Facebook or Twitter beyond anything except, you know, ministry stuff. Well, like posting about you know Nathan where people can donate, or you know if I got a new book out or something, I might have Christina share a link. Or a new video, maybe I'll have Christina get on my social media accounts and, and share a link or something. But beyond beyond that, I just 
I don't have it in me. I don't I don't want to not love people. <laughs> I don't want to fall into that. And I'm in ministry because I genuinely I, I do love people. I love you guys. I want to help in any way that I can. And I don't want to be an excuse for somebody to fall in the same kind of sin and just cause division and, and stuff like that. I, I don't want to have anything to do with that. So that's why I haven't been on Facebook as much. Um, but that also does motivate me to put more updates like that, uh, in these videos. Uh, and I've, I've mentioned this on daily renegade and stuff on the website, which by the way, if you want the full version of this video and all the videos that we have, head on over to dailyrenegade.com and get a membership. You can even get a free trial. It's only a, uh, it, it's free. You get a full week. And then if you want a membership, if you want to help support us, um, I, we have a weekly thing that's like 10 bucks a month. And then we have a yearly thing that's a hundred. And if you get the yearly thing, you're actually getting two months free. Um, cause a full 12 months would be $120. So that's the better deal if you can do it. Uh, but, uh, you can find all that contact content there. And I, I like putting more update stuff for the the paying members rather than just out there for free. When, when you find something for free, it's really easy for people to not find value in it. Like if you, if you have, say a brand new book came out and it's a buck 50 and this other brand new book came out on the same thing, let's say they're both on ancient Egypt or something and it's 1999 most people statistically are going to go with the 1999 one because they feel it's of more value, even if the buck 50 one may have better content in it, you, you know? So, um, and usually if it's a dollar 50, it probably is not going to have better content, but, but, uh, they, they don't, people don't tend to look at that. Th that was kind of the idea behind the whole membership thing at daily renegade is, I want to create a community where people can go and be safe from all the trolling and the nastiness. And usually people are not going to pay $10 a month or $100 a year to go troll a website. You know, uh, trolls aren't going to do that. They're actually not that invested in it. You know, it seems like they are, but they'll only do it for free. That was a big reason behind the membership thing. Also, because it does cost money to keep a website going, especially one that's housing this many videos, this, this many hours of content. Uh, what I would like to do eventually, and I'm still working this through with God to figure out how exactly it's going to work, what, what, what this kind of new model would look like. Um, but eventually what I'd like to do, uh, and keep me in prayer, this is something that at this point I'm just kind of thinking about and I'm, I'm trying to weigh out the options and see what's best because if, if we do this, we have the trolling problem. But, uh, and, and, you know, anyway, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking it might be a good idea in the future when we can do it to switch over from a membership base to just purely donation based. That's what I'd like to do. You know, I want to do that carefully. I don't want to irresponsibly just jump into something like that uh, before I know for sure that it's a God thing. And I don't know that yet. I don't know if it's a God thing or if it's just something I'm thinking. So please keep me in prayer. Uh, pray for wisdom for that. And if God wants wants that change, then please ask him to make the provisions for that to happen. And of course he will. Um, but I was, I was wanting to do that. The only, well, there's a few downsides, but one of the main downsides that would affect members is that we would be opening ourselves up to every troll in the world, basically. Um, because to moderate something that big, I mean, I'd have to pay somebody to do it. And if it's donation only that there's no guarantee where the funds are, are, are going to be. So, um, 
that w- could potentially be an issue. Either that or I just don't have any communication on the website at all, but then that kind of defeats the purpose of having this community. Because uh, right now, the way it's set up, paying members can go on the website, they can talk to one another, they, they're, you know, they can um, interact, and there's just no trolling. Just nobody, nobody does it. I have, since starting this, uh, what, years ago, since starting Daily Renegade, I have not had one complaint from one person, from one paying member saying that they're being trolled by, by somebody on, on the website. So, um, and it's because you can't get into the website unless you pay. Uh, again, we do have this free trial thing, but still that's limited and it just, it hasn't happened. So that's one concern of mine, but that's something that we're sort of thinking about. Um, is, is how, how can, can we get this to donation only? If so, what would that look like? The upside is if I do donation only, I can go to Subsplash and then we can get, which it still does cost a lot of money. So we would have to know that the donation money is there, but I can go to Subsplash and we can get a TV app and, you know, Roku, a phone app. We can get all that stuff. The only reason we don't have that is Subsplash doesn't, Subsplash does Skywatch and uh, a bunch of other ministries. They're, they're really good at that. Uh, Ken Johnson goes through them too. Um, the only reason we haven't done that is because we have the paywall. Subsplash doesn't have a way to bring that into an app or they don't have a way to do it. And I don't, have the resources i don't have the funds to be able to hire a web developer to do it so we would have to drop the the paywall and go to donation only and then then we could do it but again that puts us in a financial thing where we 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 don't know if we can also because of inflation because of the extremely high cost of nathan's uh medication now it's actually more expensive now than it was before, but it's also a lot healthier and it's a lot better for him. Um, but uh, because of all that, I don't want to irresponsibly jump into something not knowing if uh, you know we're still going to be able to support Nathan's medical needs and stuff like that. So, so I, I, I would I just ask you guys for prayer over it. Um, pray that God gives me wisdom in whichever direction he wants to take it. I personally don't have a preference. I just want to go with whatever God wants to do. So uh, keep me in prayer over that. Um, Okay, and then uh, last announcement, which leads into today's video. Um, I'm going to be on uh, Tipping Point with Pastor Jimmy Evans pretty soon. Uh, Actually, I can give you the date that... I don't don't know if this is live or pre-recorded, but I'm going to be... August 30th is the date that I have for it. Um, And we're going to be talking about CERN. Now, I haven't been on uh, Pastor Evan's show before. This is the first time for me. I'm really excited about it. And a big thank you to uh, the people over over there for inviting me. I will be more presentable than this, I promise. (laughs) But... um, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. And when I, when I have a big new thing like that, I, I kind of like doing a practice test run on my own channel to kind of not only warm up, but also get some feedback from you guys, on you know, the, the answers and just kind of what you think. I'll, I'll, I'll do this with presentations sometimes. If I know I'm going to go speak at a big conference, I'll kind of do sort of like a test run on my own channel. Um, and it helps me polish up, you know, the final draft and what the actual show would be. And uh, when I, you know, especially when somebody with such a uh, prominent, you know, large platform like that wants to share it with me, I, I want to make sure I do everything I can to give them the best show possible uh, for this. So they actually reached out. They want to talk about CERN, which is exciting for me because I haven't really talked about this much lately. Um, and 
so I wanted to go through just just a few sample questions. This is not going to be like everything that the show's going to be. So don't think, oh, I watched this. I don't have to go watch the Jimmy Evans. That's not going to be it at all. Uh, I'm sure the actual show is going to be a lot more polished, a lot uh, more thought out, a lot more information for sure. Um, and also, th this is kind of good for me to sort of test where I'm at with this material because I haven't talked about it in a few years. And um, I don't have any notes open right now. I only have just a couple of the questions. So, um, and this will be a nice uh, blast from the past for you guys who have been uh, following my work for quite some time. This was the very first book that I, uh, that, that wasn't already previously released. This is my first new book that was traditionally published through Defender. And I actually wrote this with Dr. Thomas Horn. Uh, and who is awesome. I mean, he took a big chance on me doing, doing that, doing a book with me like that. And, um, so I wanted to kind of go through some of these and then, uh, just get your feedback. And as usual, we'll do a free version and a, a full version. So if you want the full version, um, you can go to dailyrenegade.com and get a membership. But, um, so I'm trying to decide right now, looking at these questions, how I want to split this up, but, uh, well, let's just get into it from the beginning. So, um, for those that aren't familiar with this topic, what is CERN? What is the LHC? Uh, these are actually two different things. So CERN um, is the governing body that decides what experiments are going to happen with the Large Hadron Collider. The Large Hadron Collider is a big particle accelerator, a uh, big particle um, annihilator, really. Uh, and... And they use this to try to figure out what the universe is made of, how it all started. Now, of course, while there are Christians that work at CERN, that work with the uh, LHC, um, I've interviewed uh, one of them myself, but or maybe a couple of them, but uh, it, this isn't a Christian organization. This is, this is actually like a worldwide thing. A bunch of other countries work together on this. Um, so it accelerates particles at extreme amounts of energy, smashes them together, and just see what comes out of the explosion, basically. Now, these are really tiny explosions, um, but they can, t they can tell people quite a bit about how the universe runs, how it was made. It can tell us as Christians how it was made, too, because we know God made it, and we know that a scientific experiment only gives you data. Human beings interpret subjectively the data. So scientists might use that data to, to say, well, see, these collisions prove that there's not a God or something. Whereas Christians can say, well, these collisions prove that there is a God. You know, it's subjective. The data, the interpretation of the data is subjective. The scientific data is set in stone. It just is what it is. That's, that's observation. Um, so this goes back to what's called quantum field theory. And this is actually how the LHC works. Particles aren't exactly little tiny bits of matter like we think they are. They're not just, you know, small little pieces of solid things. That's not what particles are. Particles are spikes in what's called quantum fields. So basically all around us, there's dozens, I, th I think 52, something like that, 57 maybe. Uh, but there's dozens of fields around. A field is just something that takes up all of space. It's, it's like a, a field of, it's like a, it's like a potential, like 
uh, like, okay, if, if I have the light off, you know, in here, if I turn the light off, it's dark, uh, that, that's the electromagnetic field not doing as much. Now, when I turn the light on, what's really happening, it's not just that the light goes on, it's that photons are being released. The point in space where the light bulb turns off, right above me, the electromagnetic field that's everywhere is getting excited and it starts, the energy starts spiking. That spike in energy is the particle. That is the photon. So when this, when this, is, when this light is shooting photons all over the place, it's really that the electromagnetic field in those areas, in the areas where there's light, is being excited and those, those, those peaks of energy are the photons themselves. When you turn off the light, the electromagnetic field calms down, it's dark, it's not as active, uh, it might be moving a little bit, that's why you can still see a little bit when the light's off, but when you turn it on, it, 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 uh, the, the electromagnetic field starts energizing, I guess, is a way to think of it. it. It is a little difficult to explain because we're used to thinking of particles not as spikes of energy, but as little pieces of matter. But that's, that's what that's what it is. So every particle has an associated field. So like I said, a, a photon is just the particle of light. Uh, the photon is a localized um, energy spike in the electromagnetic field. You can't have a particle without a field because a particle isn't exactly a particle the way we think of it. You can't have a particle independent of the field because the particle is like the expression of the field. Um, so kind of hard to get our heads around because it's totally different than how we were taught. But this actually, this is actually how the LHC works. And by the way, if that sounds totally crazy, quantum field theory right now is actually the most stable uh, science, the most predictive science that we have today, the most accurate science that we have today. Again, that does not mean that the interpretations that come from quantum field theory are always accurate, but the science itself is. So this is how the LHC actually works, because what people tend to think is what happens is two particles smash together and they explode, and then the scientists kind of look at the pieces and see what the particles are made of. That's, that's not what's happening at all. What's actually happening is um, these two particles smash together and that, that collision creates energy that radiates into all these other fields that are everywhere. I mean, we have, uh, for example, the, the um, gravitational field and the electromagnetic field are both coexisting in this room right now, both fields, as, long, as well as every other field conceivably. So in order to discover a new particle, a particle we, we don't know is there yet, we, we need to excite the fields and see if a new particle comes up from its energy spike. So that's what these collisions are doing. These collisions are just sending energy. It's almost like ringing a bell and, and seeing what around it hums, sort of. Um, it's, it's packing a bunch of energy into a small space so they can measure... Uh, the fields and see if any new particles come out of that because if the energy excites that field enough that field that 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 energy spike that's the particle that's the new particle that's how the higgs boson was discovered uh so that's how the lhc works and that's how we actually know that this this theory this this way of interpreting 
particles and really just all of nature is actually correct because if not the LHC wouldn't work all it would do is just cause little tiny explosions and it wouldn't result in anything um so I brought up the Higgs boson that was um discovered in 2012 but you know this is really a good example of the media's ineffectiveness in reporting news uh, in science, especially quantum physics, because they, the, the media called this the God particle, for one, and they said this particle gives objects mass. That's not, that is not what's happening. <laughs> the particle doesn't give anything anything. The particle is only a, an expression of the field. It's, the particle is only proof that the field exists. The Higgs field is what's really interesting. What this means, and you didn't hear this in the media, all you heard was God particle all the time. It, 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 you know, the only thing the Higgs boson has to do with God is that God created it just like all the other particles. So, you know, God particle was a bad name. There's actually a story behind why they called it that, and I have that in uh, Abaddon Ascending if, if you want to check it out, skywatchtvstore.com. But what it tells us is that our mass is actually a quality that we have because because, it, because of an interaction. M mass isn't something that you just have in you. Mass is an interaction with the Higgs field. So, for example, if there was no Higgs field, you would have no mass. Photons, they do not interact with the Higgs field, so that they because of that, they have no mass. It's this it's 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 saying the same thing in two different ways. Photons have no mass. Photons don't interact with the Higgs field. It's saying the exact same thing in two different ways. It's not one is one way because of the other. It's they're both the same. So an, a lack of interaction with the Higgs field means a, 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 a lack of mass. That, that interaction we would just call mass. Um, just like, you know, a, a, some kind of a electric interaction you know we might call a shock or a charge it's not it's not that it's not that the you touching the electric wire like that that is the interaction the, the, it's not it's not the interaction caused the shock the shock is the interaction maybe that'll help make sense um but that tells us that a, a big piece of how god created the universe that there's this Higgs field and that our mass is really just an interaction with this Higgs field, which is really interesting. But it explains how you can have something that's massless, like a photon, but it still, it still exists. It's because mass is not substance. Mass isn't uh, like matter, you know. It, th those two ch terms aren't interchangeable. M mass isn't, in it's just a word that we put on for an interaction. But we didn't know that for sure until 2012. So that's some of the cool stuff that CERN can do. Now, what about some of the darker stuff? Um, is CERN trying to open a portal? I wrote about the possibility of that in Abaddon Ascending because there have been there have been uh, statements made by their science directors, such, such as uh, Sergio Bertolucci, and he said that one of the goals was to try to discover extra dimensions and probe them, explore them, map them out. Uh, now there's obviously, as Christians, that gives us pause because we wonder, okay, is this really extra dimensions or is this like the spirit world, you know? <laughs> and what's the difference? It, strangely enough, when you really compare the two, what science says about extra dimensions and just what the Bible says about 
heaven, the, the realm of heaven and angels and all of that, they don't really contradict. Uh, at least not anything that I can find. You know, we tend to think of the spirit world as a place of ghosts, you know, that, that, that we are solid and they're not and they go through us. But I, I think it's actually the opposite. I, I think they're more solid than us, but when you have access to more dimensions than three, you can go around a 3D, like a 3D enclosed place. You can go around it in the fourth dimension, but to a three-dimensional person, it would look like you just walked through the wall. Um, and, uh, I have another book unraveling the multiverse. If you're interested in extra dimensions and stuff, I, I go way more into it in that. Um, so it, it does seem that that's at least a goal of CERN's. Now, are they actively trying to do that now? I don't know if they are, they're doing it in secret, but, um, I don't, I, I don't personally think that they have the power yet to do something like that, uh, because as of right now, and I know that CERN just got turned back, or the LHC, excuse me, see, even I mix them up, but I've heard that the LHC just got turned back on at higher power levels. I don't know which part of the machine th those improvements were made on, and I also don't know to what extent yet, because when I first researched this, CERN was basically only doing what cosmic rays are doing when they enter our atmosphere. So we have cosmic rays entering our atmosphere all the time. That's basically a natural particle collider all around the Earth. These cosmic rays come in at extraordinary speeds, and they collide into the particles in our atmosphere, and they, they do the same, the same thing all over that uh, the LHC is doing. The only difference with the LHC is that it's, it's focused and localized, but it's the... It's, it's, the cosmic rays, the last time I checked, were more powerful than the LHC. I don't know yet. I have to look into it. Don't know yet if that's still the case. Um, but we would have to see. And we would have to see if, if, if that is the case. Does that mean that it's more dangerous? Um, because... You know, for examples, we're not. For example, we're not seeing a whole bunch of black holes open in our atmosphere every day. You, you know, I mean, there might there there might be tiny, microscopic, like like quantum level, you know, black holes, like no, no bigger than an atom, maybe. Uh, that kind of thing can even happen at CERN, but those black holes are so weak they they close up almost immediately. Like immediately, they don't they don't have enough power to really get going into something dangerous. The, the, the collision would have to be a lot bigger for something like that. Um, but there's another possibility where if they're not opening a portal that's so large that they can send like a Mars rover type of thing, some type of probe or drone or something through it, uh, there, there's a possibility of a communication system that could be developed at CERN fairly easily. I mean, I, I don't want to say easy, um, but once gravitons are officially, you know, discovered and uh, understood, and, and let me talk about that for a minute. Um, so we know gravity exists because things fall, um, but uh, and we know that there's a gravitational field. You know, we can even map that out all across the Earth. But what we haven't discovered yet is the graviton, which would be the particle of the field. Um, 
so you know in order to get the the particle we got to excite that field and and map out the particle and so far that hasn't it, it, to our knowledge it hasn't been done there there actually might be tapes uh at the you know data tapes at the LHC that has millions of gravitons in it it's it's just there's so much data and so few people um that it's it's almost impossible to comb through i mean you can't comb through all of it cern has even uh outsourced it to just the general public and said hey here's all of our data if you want to help sift through some of this if you know how so uh there's so much data the gravitons may have already been to, you know uh at least discovered by the, the the computer recording the collision but we as human beings haven't actually found that yet in there when that is found uh then there's going to be an attempt to understand it as much as possible just like with the higgs boson and that could lead to further understanding of how to utilize or even manipulate uh, gravitons. Now, the thing about gravity, for decades, scientists have been wondering, why is the gravitational force so much weaker than the other forces? For example, I could put a paper clip on the ta table, and gravity's holding it to that table, but I can go take the weakest kitchen magnet I have <laughs> and put it on the uh, paperclip and lift it with ease. It's because the electromagnetic force um, is more powerful than gravity by, by leaps and bounds. So physicists have wondered why that is. Um, one very strong possibility is that, uh, and it seems that as far as the most current science can, can decipher, it's, it seems as if it's the case that gravity can actually leak into other dimensions. Uh, what, what it means is, and I don't, and when I say other dimensions, don't freak out about that. I don't mean like parallel universes where there's different versions of us. I'm not talking about that at all. I don't, I don't believe in that. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to believe in it. And actually, when you really dig down into the uh, science and the, the theories behind it it's so complicated and convoluted it, it just it can't it can't like a multiverse thing just can't really work uh Stephen Meyer Dr. Stephen Meyer has an excellent book on that I believe it's called Return of the God Hypothesis or something like that uh but he writes about that in there um and uh Sean McDowell actually just recently did an interview with him that I thought I thought was excellent uh so you can look that up on YouTube if you want more information on that. So I'm not talking about that. Extra dimensions is, could there be, you know, we have three dimensions, you know, front, back, side, side, up, down. Could there be a fourth extra spatial of space dimension that we can't see or perceive? Um, and so that that's more what I'm talking about. So it's possible that gravity could actually leak into these dimensions or these higher dimensions. What's interesting about that is if that's true, that probably would explain dark matter. Dark matter, there's something out there that is having big gravitational effects on entire galaxies, and nobody can figure out what it is because we can't see it. Well, if fourth dimensional matter exists, which you know we believe that in creation, we believe in the heavens and the earth, we believe that heaven was, is a created place, it's a real place. Well, if that is real, it stands to reason that could exert gravity in, in our dimension even if we can't see it so that could be heavenly constructs you know that that's affecting it that way uh in fact even the earth itself seems to be affecting gravity more than it should for 
how how big it is and how much it you know weighs isn't the right word but you know how how much mass how much of that interaction with the Higgs field um, it's actually exerting more gravity than it should based on the substance of of the planet so one possibility for that is that some of the stuff that it says in the Bible might actually be true. There might be more to creation than just what we see. But what that also means, if gravitons can escape, can move freely between uh, higher dimensions, the idea is scientists could use those to create a chain of gravitons, affect the spin of each one, so now you've got a binary, you've got like a Morse code kind of thing, and, and set up a string of gravitons open a very small portal, <laughs> a very a, a tiny microscopic one, and they are actually already, these experiments can make black holes that small, and then send the message through, uh, and then see if we get a reply. That That's an idea that's been proposed. It was actually the first I heard of it, uh, about it was in a Brian Green documentary, and I forget the name of it, but uh, I have it listed in the book. Um, but he talked about that. Um, as far as I know, nothing like that's been developed yet. But still, it's, it's a possibility. It's something that uh, scientists are, are, are considering. Well, would that be, if that's, you know, higher dimensions, would that be sending a message to angels, to fallen angels, to demons, to, to, to God, to what? And that brings us to Revelation 9. So in the book, uh, I talk about Revelation 9. This is the opening of the bottomless pit where all these horrible locust demonic creatures come out and uh, attack um, people who don't have the seal of God on their foreheads. People who haven't submitted to Jesus. They don't kill them, but they, they attack them very severely for five months. Uh, well, how does that abyss get open? In, in Revelation 9, it says that a key was given to the angel of the bottomless pit. Well, that's what's happening on the spiritual side. What's happening on the physical side? What leads to this? It seems like there comes a point throughout human history where God says, enough's enough. I'm going to give you exactly what you want. So I think of the Tower of Babel. Um, now, the Tower of Babel, God told everybody to you know, scatter, uh, inhabit the world, uh, populate it, all that. But they, they decide not to. They all congregate to one part of the world, and they decide to build this big tower. Now, in extra-biblical texts, it says the reason for this was to basically kill God before they could kill them with another flood. You know, they, they were believing Nimrod instead of God. And they wanted to petition the, the old gods for help. They, they wanted to, to uh, basically worship these old gods again that uh, caused so much trouble in the flood. Well, it, it got to the point where God said, fine, enough's enough. He scattered them around the world, gave them all different languages, and you, you, you get to have the false gods that you want. And that's why even today we have all these different religions all around the world, all worshiping these different gods that aren't Yahweh. Well, the, these are all likely fallen angels taking on the persona of some kind of, of God. So, um, so we had that we had that happen back then. It seems like this is another version of that where... For whatever reason, people are, are not repenting. They're, they're going after false gods. I mean, it even says they repented not of their idol worship and sorceries and things. What if that is using something like CERN or using some kind of gravitational communication device to try to connect with these false gods? Now, 
if they're scientists, they would probably interpret it as extra-dimensional beings and just say it, it's that. They probably wouldn't connect them with ancient gods, or maybe they would. But, but what would, but what would really be happening? Well, they would be. They're not trying to contact a god at all. They're trying to contact something else, and that might be idol worship there. So, um, or at least a form of it. So it could be, it could be that God says, "Fine, enough's enough." Uh, then the angel of the bottomless pit is given the key and allowed to open it, and it, it, it opens, and um, then Abaddon and all of his minions come out and attack everybody. So there, there could be something to that. Also, we, we kind of can get a sense of the identity of these beings if we uh, go back to Ezekiel 1. In Ezekiel 1, we get a description of the cherubim that surround the throne. Well, when you compare those, like for example, like for example, there's um, a lot of lion imagery. There's one that says on one side, and this could be in interpreted in a couple different ways, but there there's something in Ezekiel 1 that says uh, on one side was a lion's face, on one side was a man's face. Now, does that mean one side was a full lion's face and the other side was a full man, or was it bisected uh, vertically? Well, in the in the book, I I suggest possibly that means that on this one face, this one full complete face, it's bisected vertically, and uh, half is lion and half is man, lion on one side, man on the other. So half a man's face melded with half a lion's face. Well, what's interesting is in Revelation nine, you get that same kind of thing, but it's bisected horizontally now. It says it has the hair of women, but teeth of lions. So we get the same human to lion ratio of the face, but instead of being vertical, it's inverted horizontally. So that that to me, and there's a, there's a few other things like that too that I go through in the book, but uh, a lot of other things actually. But that to me leads me to wonder, you know, are, are these fallen cherubim? Um, and, and, you know, we know that like cherubim, watcher, uh, seraphim, all of these are, are more job titles rather than like species. So you, you could you could potentially, I suppose, have one that's also the other. Because obviously there's, there's connection to the flood with this too. It says they torment man five months. When you go back into uh, Genesis, the flood, the, the, where, where these Nephilim were dying, I mean, these were the children of the, the fallen angels, you know. Are they being drowned in the flood? Enoch says that the fallen angels were just like absolutely heartbroken and terrified about this. I mean, these were their kids dying and stuff, you know? So uh, it could be that this this is like their revenge. They're getting revenge on humanity for five months for, for what happened, even though it's a twisted form of revenge because what did humanity do, you know? Uh, so there's a lot of really interesting connections be between all that. Um, so that could be how CERN might be used to open a portal, start some kind of communication, do something. Or it might not even be CERN at all. It could be some other future collider that has more energy that you know at a future time. Or it might not have anything to do whatsoever with particle colliders. It might not have anything to do whatsoever with CERN or anything. So I'm not saying that we have to interpret Revelation 9 like that. Um, uh, my guess is probably not, but it's still interesting to, to think about and something we should at least consider as a possibility and keep our eyes on CERN to see what they're doing and what's going on. There's also something called the Higgs Field Doomsday. Um, and this is something that CERN could potentially initiate. And this is something that actually certain physicists 
are uh, at least concerned enough about to make presentations about it. So, uh, and these these aren't even necessarily Christian physicists. These are just physicists. Um, Let's talk about that on the other side. I'm going to call it good here for free, uh, for, for people viewing for free. If you're viewing for free on YouTube, Rumble, or any of our other places, thank you so much for watching this video. Please consider getting a membership at dailyrenegade.com. You can get a free trial, uh, and then you can go and find the rest of this video. We're going to be talking about that um, and some other things. Um, this Higgsfield Doomsday thing is pretty cool. You're not going to want to miss it. So head on over there, and uh, you can find the link in the description below. Again, it's only $10 a month or $100 a year, and the better deal is the $100 a year. Um, by the way, guys, if 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 you're having if you want to be a new member and you, you're saying you know it's just too it's too much money, but if you gave me like 20% off, I could do it. Let let me know if enough people if if enough people are in that situation. Um, I, I'll I'll absolutely do that. Uh, absolutely, but I, I just I just. You know, just just let me know what I can do for you. I'm here to serve as much as I can. Um. So, yeah, I think I think we're gonna call it good there. Thank you so much for watching, um, members. If you're viewing this on the Daily Renegade website, just hang on the line. You don't have to do anything. It'll will just play right through the break. Uh, and for everybody else, thank you so much. Hope to see you at DailyRenegade.com. Until next time, take care. God bless. Concerning the economically unstable times that we live in, it is a great idea to convert some of your savings into real money. Now, there is a big difference between real money and what we call money, which is actually just currency. So our dollar is currency, which fluctuates. Real money, on the other hand, like silver, for example, is a store of value over time. The best way to think of it is like this. If you had saved $1,000 in cash back in the late 60s, the late 1960s, that $1,000 would still be $1,000 technically, but it would buy you significantly less today due to inflation. Now, if you had saved that same $1,000 in silver, back in the 1960s. Today, it would be worth around $28,000. So one of the best ways to protect your purchasing power is in real money, more specifically, silver. You can buy and have the metal shipped discreetly to your door, and what most people don't know is that you can actually convert your IRA or even a 401k into physical silver, rather than having all of your life savings tied up in the paper fiat system which is subject to hyperinflation. Go to dailyrenegade.com and click on the Cornerstone Assets Metals banner. This is the only company that I personally trust with this kind of thing. Click on that and sign up to get your free silver report today. One of the financial experts will speak with you to find out the best way to protect your savings going forward in these uncertain times.